to another episode of the Black Powder Podcast. The primer's hit, the powder's lit. This is Yasuke Fett, and it's time to get on target. With me today, I have another special guest, the first special guest, as a matter of fact. Goes by the name of OG, and he is in charge of Ogun Gear. Now, OG, first off, how you doing, man? I'm all right, man. How are you doing today? I'm good and blessed as always, trying to continue to live one step at a time, one breath at a time, you know? Wonderful. I appreciate you having me, man. Hey, it's pleasure's mine and it's an honor. You've, you've been active in this space and you've come a long way, man. So, yeah, I definitely had to get you on here. Thank you. Uh, so, speaking of which, because I just said Ogun gear, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. people that are probably curious about the steamroller machine that is Ogun Gear. So what exactly is Ogun Gear and what influenced you to create it? Um, Ogun came about from researching uh, history and I looked into the religion of Yoruba. With that with that religion, there is a certain set of like, I guess you would call them deities and they call them Orishas. And one of those Orishas is Ogun and Ogun is the um, the Orisha, his power would be like over iron and metalwork, war and things like that. So I chose to to name the business Ogun Gear as a, a way to honor him. I don't practice the religion myself or anything like that, but you know, I do, you know, believe that that we should expose ourselves to more than what we're just taught. And that's what I strive to do with Ogun Gear is like, you know, teach, teach us without teaching us per se so all of the products are named after um you know figures in our history that we probably should read up on and learn about that we might not know of so um you know i try to sneak little little snippets in there but we offer firearm accessories anything from uh pistol bags rifle bags ear protection eye protection the basics that any individual that just picked up a gun from a gun store would need. That's what what I was uh, set out for, Um, to basically be able to provide that for us from a member of our community. So um, yeah, that's basically it, bro. That's pretty deep, man. That's a hefty goal too. Thank you, man. Much appreciated, because I know not just in the firearm industry, but just Second Amendment uh, community in general, Mm -hmm. it's kind of hard to find something that kind of fits with what you're looking for because you do have a lot of us that are like i only want to buy a black owned and black owned only mm-hmm. um, one of the issues that i've noticed about that is the fact that there's a lot of people that have a black owned mindset and they carry it into that second amendment lifestyle to the point where it's like people think that i only want to buy uh black firearms from a black manufacturer and that's mm-hmm. where things get a little bit more questionable because i think at one point there was civilian arms uh, i can't remember the full name but it's like civilian arms was the only black manufacturer of firearms but i think they're mm-hmm. defunct now so yeah. yeah i think they were in new jersey if i'm not mistaken or something like that that's somewhere just, up north something like that yeah but they were the only ones i could think of but the fact that you're taking something that is completely black you know i mean it goes back as far as um well let's just say from a long time ago you know the mm-hmm. historical areas 
Africa, Brazil, parts of South America, which Brazil is a part of South America, but you know, just mm-hmm. different, yeah, different spots and plots where exactly. there's a rich history. So, I think that's pretty cool, man. I really hope you continue to to push this towards some good success. Um, thank you. No, nah, thank you, brother. Keep doing it. <laughs> well, but what would you say is the ultimate goal behind your brand? Um. Well, I have to say it's, it's, it's probably a couple of different goals, but um, the ultimate goal was, like I said before, just to provide a space where our people could shop and, um, you know, not feel, not feel, uh, you know, watched over. Because, I mean, I, I've been in the gun community for probably about nine years now. Um, so I've been to these ranges and I've been to these gun stores where, you know you walk in and they're staring at you and they're walking walking along with you through every aisle um you go to the range and they're treating you like you have no clue what you're doing and you know and then i see somebody else from another community walk in and they're just like hey bill uh yeah yeah lane six is ready for you i'm just like man i've been here multiple times right just like him but you know you just ha- haven't you know paid enough attention to recognize me as the as the human being that i am so you know to kind of counteract that um even though ogun gear isn't yet a physical store i wanted to give our people a chance to be able to shop without you know persecution without um you know feeling feeling less than so um yeah that's the that's the main goal of ogun gear outside of that um secondary goals would probably be um i've always wanted to spread entrepreneurship um like spread the gospel of entrepreneurship in the black community um for too long we've been left out of this we've been you know sitting on the sidelines and um you know we we hop onto waves once they're over already once the the money has been sucked out of it and you know everything isn't all about money I, I don't i don't you know stand by money to that extent but we can't we can't do a lot of the things that we need to do for our community without the resource of money without that tool so um you know that's what i i also stand for i want to do um some work later on with with entrepreneurship with with kids i, I got a couple of um couple of uh nonprofits that i've seen that i want to do work with that i've written down um that'll be coming in the future but um entrepreneurship and um just overall awareness and safety um you know a, a lot of our community uh has issues with with gun safety um those of us who are just regular civilians not like military prior military experience or prior law enforcement experience we have trouble with um, sticking to those basic safety safety rules, and um, you know those those, those uh, little missteps can cause fatalities. Um, whether it's just shooting yourself and and it's and it's non-fatal, or you know shooting somebody else and it is fatal and that person passes away, God forbid. But um, you know we have to do our due diligence to learn how to use these weapons properly but it's also important that we have them for our safety as we've seen pretty much since we've been been in america yeah i can i can definitely agree with those goals uh 
I, I guess number one, I, I guess I'm lucky because I, I haven't really had any issue with, uh, like let's say, walking into a predominantly white uh, range and mm-hmm. being questioned about the color of my skin or, you know, they're looking at me like, okay, yeah. he's a thug or something. Because, you know, me, I just roll in there. I'm wearing like, um, like, uh, what do I, because I got like a pair of 5'11 jeans, 5'11 pants. Mm-hmm. Um, you get those jeans and pants, man, let me know because I'll be, shoot, I'll be buying them from you, you know. But, but that, oh, yeah, that's in the works. <laughs> I, cool, I got cool. that. I got a whole list of, of, you know, products that that I that I'm looking into getting into that that area. So I got you, bro. Sorry to cut you off. No, you good. You good. It's always good to know what's coming up. But you know, I'm I'm just rolling in there. I'm looking like I'm really trying to focus on getting better as far as my my targets and my shooting and whatnot. Yeah. And it's not like I'm out of the place. So I walk in there, and the ladies that are behind the counter, they're usually in good spirits. They they'll laugh. Mm-hmm. And you know, I usually tell jokes anyway, so they'll laugh at them, no problem. Um, yeah. But regardless, man, Atlanta Ranger Norton is that's where I go to. They they never get me any trouble. Um, wow. I hope it stays that way because I, I have heard other stories as far as people having um, different interactions. So that's that's one thing. Um, yeah. The safety aspect, I definitely agree with because you got a lot of people, and you'll see it a lot on on social media. You know, you got mm-hmm. that one girl that she goes out, her first gun is a high point. She's over there posing with it for the gram, pointing at herself, <laughs> using the barrel to, to fix her, her hair or something. And then, you know, she's yep. pointing at the person that's got the phone on. Just stupid shit. I, I got to yep. call it what it is. It's stupid shit. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, I definitely agree with being able to purchase items from somebody that shares my reflection and somebody mm-hmm. that knows the, the same thing that the community is going through in general because this is a yeah. new turning point for us you know this isn't a turning point where we see the stereotypical black people on television we are now seeing our friends our family and our neighbors in the same boat as we are and absolutely uh, i would dare say one of the reasons why i created this podcast is there needs to be some type of unity in order to get everyone on the same page no matter if you're single in a family by yourself whatever yeah so I definitely agree with that. And um, what do you think about, you know, our brothers, our sisters, our cousins, whatever you want to call them. I say brothers and sisters lovingly, but then, you know, you got the <laughs> one cousin that's kind of like, mm, okay, bless your heart. You know, that type yep. of thing. Yeah. But, but what do you think about them as far as uh, them trying to intimidate the other races? Because I honestly think that you don't need the light that fuse and set something off i think you just you know the, the, yeah absolutely the way of the peaceful warrior if you will exactly um well before i say that i definitely want to you know give you your flowers i meant to say this in the beginning i definitely appreciate you and um you were actually my first customer i know we talk about it on instagram from time to time but you were my first customer um I'll never forget it. I was on my way to Raleigh to uh, meet with a gun store to get my my stuff put in put in their store, and you were the first sale. So first, I'd like to you know give you your flowers for that. Um, I definitely appreciate appreciate you. You you set this path that I'm on. So um, that's first. But as far as what you said with the intimidation factors, um, 
I don't really, I don't really agree with with that. I mean, but to each his own. You know, I, I try not to, you know, tell people how they should live their life. I just do my best to live mine in the way that that I feel I should. But um, you know, I don't, I don't really subscribe to that. Um, me personally, I, I more so go for um educating our people. Anything that I say or anything that I do is not to demean or you know intimidate any other race or you know cause you to look down on yourself or anything like that i'm not i'm not here to um to i don't want to say pass judgment but you know to be the 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 judge and jury of of what you do um because i mean it's counterproductive to be honest um like i said before our people are are really behind the eight ball in almost every aspect that you can think of. So, um, you know, putting too much energy towards, you know, putting down another race or making somebody, you know, feel bad about what what they've done in the past or, um, you know, no being too too judgmental towards that is counterproductive that's 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 efforts that we could have been putting towards our own community to act to actually help us to to reach the point that we want to reach um but like i said you know that's that's for that individual to determine um my my biggest thing is are you for the community and that's the that's the biggest thing for me um i try to align myself with people who that i see that are truly for our community and um you know uplifting our community that's the biggest thing for me if you if you got that going for yourself we're all good yeah i definitely can agree with that and, and appreciate the shout outs man because i'll be honest with you it was two patches i bought because at the time that's all i could afford you know i, I hey. don't know where i got that money from i scrape it together i'm over here with a mission like i got us up all black all business <laughs> Even if it cost me my last dollar. So, you know, I appreciate yeah. it. I just want you to know that ramen noodle dust was pretty good, too, by the way. You know, not the noodles themselves, but the dust <laughs> that came with it. So, you know, remember me when you uh, get your own brand name, ramen noodles. <laughs> hey, I got you. But until then, Master P got us. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> but but you absolutely right about the... um the fact that we're late in the game because and i keep bringing up these stats man this is from cnn and usa today uh, mm -hmm. number of guns purchased in 2020 was between 23 to 40 million and if you look at the stats on um, black gun ownership you got at least 9.3 black men that own guns 5.4 black women that own guns compared to the 55.8 of white men that own guns and the 16.6 percent of white women that own guns not mm. saying that you know we're trying to gather everything to go to war or anything stupid like that but yeah it's just you're right we're behind the game and i definitely mm -hmm. agree with what you're saying as far as educating not to not to hate but to better our community because exactly. this might sound like a conspiracy but to me the whole what was it, the whole stop asian hate thing i think that yeah. was set up man and, yeah. and I know I'm getting into some deep territory, but if you ask me, after the events that happened after January the 6th, it's almost like they had to find another scapegoat in order to prove that, you know, the status quo is in the enemy. 
So all yep. of a sudden it's black people versus Asian people, which to me doesn't make any sense because I don't think there's been, as far as I know now, I could be wrong. I know as far as communal wise, there are a lot of other races that own businesses and stores in let's say some of the poorer black neighborhoods, but nonetheless, mm -hmm. as far as I know, there was never anything to set that paddle keg off. So for it to just yeah. kind of come out of the blue, it just seems like it's a cover up, but that's just me. Yeah. Yeah, you turn a lot of people off when you start talking about conspiracy, but you know, people act like, you know, conspiracy theories haven't been proven true in the past. So you, you have to hear everything and determine on your own based off of you know your your knowledge of history and that's why i preach history because it's you know like i said it's very important i i, te I, I preach history out of love not of of hate for anybody else right so you can so the next generation can do better can do better and the people in the present can also learn to do better as well so i, I definitely get it absolutely and, and i still find it strange because it just came out of nowhere that's why I, I always feel like you have to examine both sides of a situation in order to come to an uh, answer that makes logical sense because as of right now, we've got a lack of accountability and a whole lot of feelings to the point where the yep. feelings don't make any sense. You know, there's, no, there's nothing that ties the feelings together. It's almost, uh, if you will, you compare that to the war in the Middle East, the holy war, the religious war, because you've yeah. got generations of hate to the point where the young generation doesn't know why they are fighting the young generation of their quote-unquote enemy you know from from both viewpoints the only reason they're doing yeah. it is because of number one quote-unquote their religion tells them to do it and number two my father hated your father so it was good enough for me so i'll continue yeah. i'll continue this blood feud that we had and there's no there's no release of actual logic and actual um ability for people to think for themselves because yeah uh, if you let them think for themselves they can come to the conclusion like there's no point in us doing this we have to raise families and do better for the future of our people and we can come together in yeah. peace but i know that's wishful thinking <laughs> yeah man bless you Enough of the serious stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely got to have lighten you. it up a bit. Yeah, I might have to have you back for some future conversations, man. For sure, man. Um, but speaking of the uh, future generations, man, and and you selling the people that have your same reflection, uh, how does it feel being able to do that? Oh man, it feels it feels wonderful. Um. You know, honestly, coming from from where I'm from, as far as, uh, you know, I, I did go to school. I went to uh, Fayetteville State University. Um, but after that, I didn't I didn't graduate and I jumped into the workforce and, um, you know, I jumped into surveying at first and then I, um, I jumped into warehouse warehouse work. So, um you know, it's, it's, it's not the best environment, you know, for, for a black man, especially, um, you're talked to like you're trash, you're treated like you're trash by management. Most of the time, you know, um, I can't speak for every job, but most of the ones that I've been at in those types of fields, you know, you're not treated like you 
um, like you're a, at least mid-ranking official for like a Wells Fargo or Bank of America or, um, you know, any of those major companies. You're not treated that way. You don't have Christmas parties and, you know, secret Santa gifts, gift exchange exchanges and things like that. So, um, you know, coming from where I come from, as far as my work experience and coming to where I'm at now, um, it, it feels amazing, man. To um, I just quit my job uh, June 17th of this year. So, um, you know, it was exhilarating, man. Like, I, I, I'll never forget it. It was a time where I wanted to, um, I had just gotten that job. And I told my manager, I was like, um, is it any way on my lunch break that I can go see my son uh, for his basketball practice? Because he um, he had just started basketball for his first for the first year it was still the, um, you know, the little league stuff where they they pulling out the, the little tiny, the tiny hoop that they put on the floor, like kind of like a regular little tykes one. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I was telling them, you know, is it any way that I can on my lunch break, go see my son. I'll probably be gone for extra 30 minutes. Um, and I'll be back. I'll come back, finish out my shift. I work uh, second shift. So I was in there till about 11 o'clock. So, um, you know, I didn't think it was anything huge to ask of somebody. And it was only for a week. So, you know, I'm thinking like, man, this is, it's not that big of a deal. He, he could say yes. This man told me no. And, um, you know, that ripped me apart, man. That was, um, and now we see with COVID, you know, that was the last time I would have been able to see my son play basketball. He hasn't played since. So, um, you know, that, that was, um, you know, that, that time period really hurt me. You know, I, I, being honest, I mean, I'm not afraid, afraid to show my emotions. So, you know, I went in the bathroom and I cried, man. If, if, if there's anything that's going to make me cry, it'll have something to do with my family. Um, you know, I went in the bathroom and I shed a couple tears, man, because he deprived me of being able to see the, um, you know, something that I love, which is basketball, but my son's involvement in basketball, you know, and um, that was another man just like me telling me that I could not do that. And there was nothing that I could do about it. I couldn't, you know, I could leave and quit. But at the end of the day, what I'm going to have to go get another job. And they'll probably say some of the same types of things. So um, to be where I'm at now and to have the freedom of if I'm in the middle of packing an order or, you know, um, speaking to my manufacturers or anything like that, all I got to do is tell them, look, I'll hit y'all up tomorrow. Or if I'm packing the order, just put that joint down for a couple of minutes. Hey, let's go for a walk or let's go outside and shoot the ball. Or, um, you know, whatever the case may be, if it's my nephews or, or anything, my sister, brother, you know, I, I have I have nothing holding me back from being able to do the things that I want to do outside of the work that I have to do. But it's not like I'm on a clock for uh, for anybody. So, I mean, it, it, it means the world to me to be able to to serve my people. And at the same time, still be able to be the father that I want to be, the son that I want to be, you know, the, the well, I'm, uh, I have a girlfriend now, but the the boyfriend that I want to be, you know, all of those types of things. So it, it means everything to me, man. I could go on and on about it. I, I definitely understand. You know, there comes a time where 
when you realize that you're putting in all your blood, your sweat and your tears for, you know, like in the average man's case where you're working an already established job, you're mm -hmm. putting in all that effort, blood, sweat and tears into somebody's dream, somebody else's dream, another man's dream, if you will, that's already yeah. established his goal. And his goal is yeah. creating generational wealth for his family. So you're just yeah. trying to get your your pound of flesh, if you will, so you can go ahead and take care of your family. But then you exactly. realize that you're getting held back. And, and brother, believe me, I uh, I understand the bathroom cry. That is not the best feeling in the world, <laughs> especially when you're working. You know, you're doing blue collar work. You you know, you're working in that 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 no emotion, don't let him see you sweat type environment. Yeah. And you know, for me. And it was an ugly cry too. I broke down. <laughs> I, I'm not even ashamed to say this. I, I love my father, but I broke down. Yeah. And he's still around, so I'm not ashamed to say it. I hope he's listening right now. But I yeah. broke down and cried in the bathroom after he told me they found like um, it was something on his. Uh, I think it's his kidney or his oh, liver. No. I think it's his kidney. But nonetheless, when he hit me with that news. You know, it was right before I had to go to work. So I had like a good couple of hours to just go ahead and let that stuff brew or marinate. And then I went yeah. into work and I'm getting talked down at because something happened. I did something wrong. I got two things mixed up, you know, and I'm not trying to blow my horn or anything, but you know, I was one of the best workers there and they're coming down on me like yeah. I'm not worth anything. And I finally exactly. told them, you know, I don't usually break like that, but I broke right then and there. and I. I cried in the manager's office, man. And wow. I, had, I had like, well, maybe three or four managers because it's a big area. Mm -hmm. So cool thing that happened was, you know, two of the dudes was pretty religious. They, they sat down and they prayed with me. Okay. But before that even happened, man, I'm like, I, I, I said, excuse me, ran into the bathroom, went into a stall and like, freaking waterfalls right that's what was happening yeah. and then one of my co-workers walked in I heard the door go and I'm over there bawling all of a sudden I hear it go because the door bro <laughs> <laughs> said let me get up out of here <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's an awkward feeling for everybody so yeah. kudos to you for being able to to realize that it was time for you to chase your own dream and live the life that you should have been living and experience that freedom. So yeah, man, that, kudos, kudos. Thank you, bro. Man, yeah. kudos, kudos to to all the customers out there that that have made it possible for me to live live my dream. I couldn't do it without them. So, on the topic of your dream, uh, how hard was it to get started? Um, well, honestly, bro, I've been, I've been bouncing between starting a product based business for probably the last six years or so. And, um, you know, the barrier to entry has always been obtaining capital. Um, so I always struggle with that. That was the, always the hardest part for me, everything else. Not to say everything else was easy, but I knew everything else would fall into play because I'm a serial researcher. You know, I'm um, 
I'm very commit. I'm a committed individual. So once I start doing something, I'm on it. And if I love it, I'm sticking to it, you know, forever. And, um, you know, that's pretty much how it was. Uh, so, so starting out, um, the biggest thing was, was, was the financial piece. And what helped me out with that was those first, uh, stimulus checks, you know, just like, just like everybody else, I was extremely excited to get them stimulus checks. And, um, I got it and I put, I put it into stocks. Um, so I got, got my stock account to, to a pretty decent size. And, um, from there, I came up with the idea I needed a rifle bag. So, um, I was like, uh, it was around Juneteenth and the whole month of June out every Friday, I ordered something from a black, uh, black owned brand. So, um, I was going for trying to find a black owned rifle bag. And I could not find it, bro. I couldn't find it anywhere. I searched high and low, couldn't find it. So I was very close to just going to um, to Amazon and just grabbing a, a any whatever bag I could find. Like so um, exactly, exactly. I was very close to that. But then I was like, you know what? How many other people that look like me and want to buy from somebody that looks like themselves? how many other people like that exist i was like it has to be at least 150. i was like you know if i could come up with a brand for 150 people to support you know it doesn't have to be you know a record-breaking company but i could at least supply our people people that look like me and um you know that's that's what i did I, I started looking um you know finding manufacturers that could get it done for me and um you know i found some i ordered some samples and i was pleased with the samples um i came up with a couple of other products that that could go well alongside it for other um for beginner beginner shooters because also during that time of course you know um the the election was going on and excuse me i'm sorry um no the election wasn't going yet it was coming up and um and you know every election year things go crazy as far as gun sales but um things also seem very different around this time this was uh just around just uh i started just before um george uh george floyd passed just before that happened so um you know the, the world was in a frenzy and um you know so i got everything in order I, I ordered my um got my logos my mom invested a little bit of money with me to uh help me start it and um i got it going man and it, it you know since then it's it's taken off outside of that the um the toughest thing behind getting that first uh that first bit of money was um, dealing with like lead times as far as like uh, during holidays. Because last year I had a, um, a influx of people that ordered um, the larger rifle bag, the 42 inch. Mm -hmm. And it was all types of issues that happened with that rifle bag and um, the OG visions, the uh, training laser. 
So uh, it took months for that stuff to be able to be shipped to me. They shipped the um, the rifle bags to me. It had another brand's name on it. I was just like, yo, I'm, I'm over this. I had to, you know, get back with people and email like, I'm so sorry. Y'all already been waiting like two months. And now I got to tell you that I have to, you know, you have to wait another two months or so before I can get you your stuff. So, um, you know, that was a hard time. You know, I'm having people contact me and say like, hey, I need my money back. Like, this is just taking too long. And, you know, on their end, I understand from a consumer, um, fr from a consumer space, I do understand, um, you know, it's not on you to, to understand what's going on as far as the business side. But on my side, I had a ton of stuff going, like any any website, of course, you know, with your podcast, we were talking about it before we, um, we went live. Um, there's a ton of things that happen on the back end that the customer never sees. You wouldn't ex you wouldn't even understand how how difficult it is just to get a you know that buy now pay later button on your on your website just that little little button the sezzle or the afterpay clarina you know just that little button takes you know a, a whole line of code and I'm not I mean I'm 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 decent with tech but I'm not uh, I'm not you know a coder or anything i'm not i'm not in on that level so you know something like that might take you about six seven hours to figure out and that's if you don't have to get tech support to come and help you out you know so the consumer sees one thing but the business owner sees another thing and then on top of that you also have so much other stuff to worry about you know you got marketing you got um procurement of the the products you got quality control you got shipping like it's just so much stuff that that has to be done oh go ahead bro let me jump in there real quick because i work in the, the customer the customer service field and i'm glad you brought that topic back up because i yeah. always hate it when people are like well, you should be able to do it you just got to hit a button right that's all you got to do just hit a button like you do not know exactly what because my mom had a, a a shea butter business is uh called mm. roma k like years ago and okay. i really wish we sh she would start it back up because that was some of the best damn shea butter i ever used you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm dead serious man she had like hair products and everything and oh man like this is the Walmart, time for that i, I know <laughs> so i'm like mom get it started get it started i mean it yeah. was it was a lot better than that walmart stuff that looks like play-doh man this was like African yeah. butter certified by the African Institute, so on and so forth. And I'll never forget the time she had trying to put that um that one PayPal button up just to try and get one product to go into uh the cart. So I yep. I, I definitely get it, man. And it just annoys me when you got people that say, Well, this shouldn't be any issue, you should be able to do it. And then yep. uh, the whole trying to order for the holidays thing oh, i definitely get that i'm i'm surprised that yeah. uh, they sent you the wrong uh, the wrong branded bag that's kind of ridiculous Yo. yeah man i, I was absolutely livid <laughs> i could have i could have thrown thrown some shit that day <laughs> did they at least make up for it oh yeah they they gave me a discount um 
a discount for a, a later purchase. So, I mean, they, and they send me free things from time to time. So, I mean, I wasn't too upset. You know, I mean, yeah, I, I'm not gonna lie, I was upset, but I wasn't upset at any given individual. I was just upset at the situation because, like I said, you know, the customers don't care about that. You know, people want their stuff, and unfortunately, having companies like Amazon and, um, you know, really any company that is at a level to be able to compete with the Amazon shipping times. You know, they pretty much spoiled consumers now to where they expect that stuff. And yeah, they, they might give a black owned brand maybe, whereas they give Amazon two days, they might give a black owned brand a week. But it depends on where that black owned brand is at. I'm still, I'm a year in, a year and about a month in, and I still don't have any, any hires. So I'm still honestly at the same level I was back then, just with way more orders. So, um, you know, that's something that, that we do have to understand, but at the same time, black businesses have to do better. And I try to, that's why I try to, you know, bring people in on my shipping process. I do the pack with OG. So, you know, people see that, you know, I'm not just out here like chilling half the time and, you know, leaving y'all's orders just sitting there while I'm I'm in Bora Bora or something. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I mean I'm I'm always working. I just may not always be working on shipping. So that's so, why it uh, took so long yeah. to get those two patches. Yeah, bro. It shouldn't have <laughs> taken that it, it shouldn't have taken that long for yours. <laughs> you was the first one. It really didn't get bad until about um January and then after that when I um released the plate uh plate carriers. Oh God! I bet that it was, was about really fifty. Good. Yeah, it was about fifty people that that did the pre-order because I didn't have the money to order it like straight off the bat. I had to get people to pay for them. Then I ordered it. Right. So um, yeah that that was a that was a hassle. I had a probably about one person to ask for a refund from that time because those took about two and a half months to get to me too. Yeah. So um. And people, I don't know if people just don't don't pay attention to to the thing that says pre-order or what, but it was like, it's people that was hitting me up like a week and a half later, like, yeah, I ordered this a week ago. I'm like, bro, it says pre-order, don't expect for a, at least a month. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even gonna lie, man. Uh, before, because way before uh, I even heard of Ogun Gear, yeah. Even, or Ogun Gear, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not even gonna lie. I um, I purchased a plate carrier off of uh, I think it was eBay, and I purchased okay. some plates too. So I had to um, you know, I put one together and I bought one that was that was a complete set. But even still, yeah, this was around the time where they were talking about trying to uh, I think ban plate carriers, and there was still the whole uh, the gun rush thing. And wow the prices are raising up so it, it it wasn't exactly like the whole amazon thing where oh, okay cool i'll yeah. purchase a plate carrier today and it'll be in my mailbox in two days like no it's yeah. uh the supply and demand aspect because it's one thing if you can um predict which way the market is going to go but just starting out trying to feel trying to get a feel as far as what's going to sell, what's not going to sell, what the people want versus what the people need. You know, this the analytics behind it is not exactly the yeah. easiest thing. And absolutely. 
and it's almost like because you were talking about stock earlier yeah uh, you could probably agree with this it's uh the way certain things go whether it's stocks or sales is by the time the customer base gets extremely into what's out there like say for example uh when GameStop blew up right yeah excuse me GameStop when when GameStop blew up and it hit the news it was already too late for anybody to do anything as far as purchasing it because exactly. they missed out on that window yeah you yep. know, I, I actually had it back when it was what maybe 10 15 dollars but then i got upset because of uh the stories i heard about how they treat their their uh, their staff so i sold it yeah. out of motion which was a mistake but um yeah r- regardless it's like the customer needs to keep in mind that if i'm trying to purchase something at the height of popularity I really, you know, like you said, you should exercise patience and I should also mm-hmm. realize that what I want isn't going to end up on my front doorstep when it should. But at the exactly. same time, if I ask for a refund and then I can't find the item elsewhere and my refund is already being processed, I've just shot myself in the foot. You know, no pun intended considering this is a Second Amendment podcast, but I've shot myself <laughs> in the foot and now I have no placeholder or no guarantee as far as waiting on the item or at least knowing that it will arrive eventually. So now I've just got to start the whole process all the way over again. So yeah, it's a a game of patience and a game of study. Yeah, that's big too. Yeah. Back orders, back orders are a different type of beast, man. You know, you could order something and, and that's the, that's the other thing, the other side that people don't see as well. You know, I'm out here ordering stuff. A lot of a lot of my products come from similar suppliers that, you know, some of these major brands use. So, um, you know, I'm competing with them in a sense. If they if they have a a forty five thousand dollar order, you know, and and I'm placing this this simple little two thousand dollar order. Who do you think they're going to they're going to pay more attention to? You know, so so I gotta I gotta wait my turn in line, but the customer doesn't know that. So um, you know, it's, it's a it's a lot of red tape with this stuff. It's a lot of things that you know people wouldn't know unless they're either directly associated with somebody who is in in a business like this, or you know, if they're um if they're actually in the business. That's the only way that you would know um me personally i share you know every chance i get i try to keep everybody in, informed with what's going on and um you know some people don't want to hear that they just want their stuff and i i could like i said i can uh, i can totally understand but at the same time we have to have a certain level of compassion like my as as long as i see that a brand is, is getting their stuff out i don't care how long it takes i really don't you know because because i understand and even before i understood all this stuff i was just like i could only imagine how how much further behind you are than walmart so you know if you it, walmart would probably have to get four to, to to like eight million sales of one product for them to be feel like you feel at, at 25 orders so um you know I, i've always understood like that that concept so i never really un- unless it's, it's it's ridiculous like it's been six months i ain't heard nothing from you 
Like I, I've checked your Instagram. I don't see you saying nothing about it. Like unless it's something like that, then you know I'm, I'm gonna give you all the time that you need because I know that you're out there doing the best that you can. And and this isn't easy, man. It's it's been multiple times I could have I could have said screw this and just gave up and tried to start a different business. Cause it's you know even with ads and things like that i can't run ads i don't know if it's because it's a black owned brand or what but i've seen ads for you know some some of the other other companies that are in the two-way space but i can't run that so that only leads me to believe that it's because i'm a black owned two-way company that i can't run ads but you know it is what it is what's up my primers this is yasuke fett just let you know that I'm going to stop the interview here because this is a one hour and 44 minute long interview. I do appreciate your attention this far. If you would like to hear future interviews in their whole entirety, please let me know. Give me a feedback at blackpridepodcast at gmail.com or you can find the page on Facebook. It is also located at Black Powder Podcast. Till then, this has been another mag dump. Stay tuned for the next couple of parts of this interview. <laughs>